Hello and welcome to the CyberSec Study audio podcast for the new 8-domain CISSP exam. This is Domain 8, Episode 1, entitled Security in the Software Development Lifecycle. You're listening to the free version of this episode, which does not include all of the content that's available in the full version of this episode, located on the website at www.cybersexstudy.com. So let's begin. Term number 521, machine code. Also referred to as object code, machine code represents the actual bits and bytes that are executed by a computer's central processing unit, CPU. Term number 522, source code. Source code is human-readable program instructions in their original form. To execute the program, the source code must be translated into machine code which the computer understands. Term number 522.1 Open Source Code With open source code, the source code is made available for any software developer to adjust or modify. Term number 522.2 Closed source code. Also referred to as proprietary code, closed source code is kept hidden from other software developers. Term number 523 Byte code. Also known as pseudocode or P code, byte code is an outline of a program written in a form that can easily be converted into real programming statements. Unlike human-readable source code, bytecodes are compact numeric codes that are closer to machine-slash-object code than source code. Term number 524. Mobile code. Mobile code is software transferred between systems, usually across a network and executed on a local system without explicit installation or execution by the recipient. Examples include Java applets, ActiveX, Flash animation, and Micros embedded within Microsoft Office documents. In almost all uses of mobile code, the user is not aware that the code is downloading and executing on their workstation. Term number 525 assembly language. Assembly language is a low-level programming language in which each statement corresponds to a single machine code instruction. Each assembly language is specific to a particular computer architecture or platform, whereas most high-level programming languages are portable across multiple computer platforms and architectures. Term number 526, compiled language. Compiled languages are written in near-human-readable source code and then compiled into machine code. All of the source code is written before a compiler converts it into machine code. 
Term number 527, interpreted language. With interpreted languages, the source code is converted to machine code on the fly as the software code instructions are being written. Interpreted programs must be reduced to machine instructions at runtime, which makes them run slower than compiled languages. Term number 528, first generation programming language. A first generation programming language is a machine level programming language. There were no instructions written in human readable form and translated into a computer readable form. The programming instructions were entered through the front panel of the computer system with switches and push buttons. Term number 529, second generation programming languages. Second generation languages are usually low level assembly languages in which short human readable statements are converted into computer readable statements. Each statement corresponds to a single machine language instruction. It's specific to a certain computer architecture, unlike high level languages, which generally are portable to multiple systems. Term number 530, third generation programming language. The third generation of programming languages tried to make the languages more programmer friendly by allowing them to write source code that was more human readable. Third generation programming languages are considered to be the first high level language and examples include COBOL, FORTRAN, and BASIC. Term number 531, fourth generation programming language. The fourth generation programming languages followed the third generation's upward trend toward more human readable source code. Fourth generation languages were designed to reduce the programming effort, the time it takes to develop software, and the cost of software development. Examples include SQL and ColdFusion. Term number 532 fifth generation programming language. With generations one through four, programmers were trying to tell the computer system exactly what to do and exactly what not to do. Fifth generation programming languages are based on solving problems using constraints given to the program rather than using an algorithm written by a programmer. Constraint programming is a paradigm where relations between variables are stated in the form of constraints so that properties of a solution can be found. Term number 533, object-oriented programming. Object-oriented programming is an approach to problem solving where all computations are carried out using objects. An object-oriented program may be viewed as a collection of interacting objects, as opposed to the conventional model in which a program is seen as a list of tasks to perform. In object-oriented programming, each object is capable of receiving messages, processing data, and sending messages to other objects. Object-oriented programming is 
a programming language model organized around objects rather than actions, and data rather than logic. With older generation programming languages, the programming challenge was seen as how to write the logic and not how to define the data. Object-oriented programming suggests that what we really care about are the objects we want to manipulate rather than the logic required to manipulate them. Term number 533.1 Object An object is a component of a program that knows how to perform certain actions and how to interact with other elements of a program. Objects can interact with each other in a program to make something happen. Objects are the basic unit of object-oriented programming. For example, a person could be an object with a name that is a property of the object. Walking or driving are things the object can do and are considered methods in object-oriented programming. Objects are modules of code that are encapsulated, which means that access to them are restricted by data abstraction. That concludes the free version of this episode. To purchase the full version of this episode and all of the other episodes for all eight domains, which contain more additional content for just $1 an episode, go to the website at www.cybersexstudy.com. You can purchase a USB drive with all of the full audio versions or download them instantly. You can also sign up for a two-week online or on-site boot camp for just $500. With my guarantee that you'll pass the exam the first time or I'll give you a full refund.